Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. talk a little bit tonight we're going to introduce something uh, I don't know if you saw it on on the web or saw it on Facebook we're going to quest for the wind in the next few weeks and 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 the first thing I want you to do is you got to remove the fear factor you got to remove it if we can talk about the Lord walking on water We can talk about the Lord raising a dead man from the grave. Would would you have run away from that graveyard that day? God, a dead man just come out of the grave. Or how about when he healed the lepers? You wouldn't have want to been beside him because it was too icky. But he did heal some lepers one day. He's done some pretty magnificent stuff. You know. The thing about it is that when he was when he was in his body when it was the son of God's ministry he was the redemption you realize he never created another planet in that time you realize he never made another star you ever thought about that all he did was minister to needs of people the voice the word had already created all the stuff that we needed. He didn't come here to show us how to create planets and how to create stars. He showed us how to how to find healing in our life and how to find direction in our life. That's what he came for. So the things that I'm going to be talking about the next 2 or 3 weeks, 4 weeks is not anything outside the level of what he came to give us. Not anything. We're not going to create new constellations. We're not going to create things that are outside the Bible. We're not going to try to speak things into existence that we can't speak. But he said, greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father. And so the things that we're going to talk about are things that he left us. Things that he deposited in us. Things that he left this earth with and he wanted this earth to have and to share and to be a part of that's what that's what we're going to talk about not anything that's outside not anything's going to stretch your mind i'm not going to get crazy with you but i am going to talk about the wind of the spirit the greek word for spirit is the same greek word for wind so when we talk about questing for the wind we're simply saying for the next four or three or four weeks, we're going to quest for the Spirit. We're going to quest for the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, there's a scripture I didn't put on the screen, but I want you to open your Bibles, and I want you to read this every day, every day, every day. Here's a scripture that's going to be the catalyst element for everything that we do. Everything that we do. It's found in Matthew chapter 5. And verse 6, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And here it is. Are you ready? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
for they shall be filled. If you're not hungry, I can't help you. If you're not thirsty, you'll never drink. But if you hunger and thirst after the things that God has ordained for you to possess, you will be filled. Amen? And you that are spirit-filled and you that have received the baptism of the Spirit in your life, it's an awesome thing, isn't it? And this is a spirit-filled church. It's guided by, directed by, blessed by, provided by the move of God. And you already have fallen in love with it, so let me talk to you about it, all right? Nothing's going to be spooky like the old boy I had in Dallas. He said, I don't want anything about that ghost in my world. Don't talk about that ghost to me. Well, I'm going to give you a ghost story the next three or four weeks. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. A ghost story, amen. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to turn to somebody and say, I'm going to listen. And I, I, I want to hunger in my spirit. Because here's the deal. When Peter preached at Cornelius' house, you don't have to say that. I'm saying it. While he yet spake the word, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they were filled with the Spirit of God. And the Jews that had come with Pete all the way from Jerusalem were marveling and saying, I don't get it. These are Gentiles. It's supposed to be ours. <laughs> I, I, if you're a Hebrew by nationality, please forgive me, but you got to get off that horse. God's in the saving business for everybody. He's in the saving business for everybody. It's not his will that any, 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 any should perish. But all should come to He that hungers, said he that hungers and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God bless you. God bless you. Keep standing. John 3, verse 8. John 3, verse 8. This is in the NIV. It says it this way. The wind blows. The spirit blows. The spirit blows. Put the spirit there wherever it pleases. Do you hear it sound? But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the wind. The Spirit. The Spirit. Now lift your hands like this right here and say, Lord, open my heart. Let it be a receptacle tonight. Let me receive what the Word of the Lord has for me on this Wednesday night. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God bless. I'm going to lay a little foundation here tonight. Some of this stuff I have ministered to in our Holy Ghost seminars. Some of it will be things that you will recognize, but it's all right. I'm teaching on questing for the wind tonight. The year was 1809. Napoleon was in the middle of 
conquering Austria. And on April the 14th, he defeated Austria in the Battle of Assenburg or Abensburg, Bavaria. April the 20th, he, he defeats Austria at the Battle of Abensburg again. April 27th, at the Battle of Eckmühl, Napoleon beats Austria's Archduke Karl. May 21st, the Battle at Aspirin Essling. Austrian Archduke Karl beats Napoleon. And then on July the 5th and 6th, the Battle of Wangram, Napoleon beats Archduke Charles. At the same time that Napoleon was walking through Austria and defeating and destroying that nation, those people, some of the greatest births in the world were happening. Like in 1809, Louis Braille, who was the creator of the blind system for reading and writing, was born. At the same year, Kit Carson, the American frontiersman, was born. At the same year, Alfred Lord Tennyson, the poet laureate of the United Kingdom, was being born. In the same year, Edgar Allan Poe, 1809, American writer and poet, was born. In 1809, the same year, Charles Darwin, who created the origin of species, the theory of evolution, was born. And in the same year, Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, the one who declared the Emancipation Proclamation and brought healing to America even though he had to give his life. These were all men and people who were born at the same time Austria was being defeated and overwhelmed by Napoleon. While people were watching Austria fall, there was a birth of unbelievable talent and unbelievable ability that would affect change in our world forever. The world was captured at the sunset of Austria while a sunrise of world leaders was taking place in the same world. If we don't watch ourselves, let me just give you a little warning here, we can become sunset people. We can become people who are moved by what is happening in our world and around us and happening in our world politics but we are living in a sunrise generation. While we are living in closing times, God is opening up his buckets. He's opening up his windows. He's opening up his wonderful, glorious power, and he's bringing it down to a society and to a world. Because as the world gets darker... The presence of God gets stronger. Amen. Amen. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. Are you with me? There is not anything happening in this world greater than what God is doing in the world right now. So get your heads out of the sunset and turn to the east and watch the sunrise. The Lord is doing a great thing. Amen. He's doing a great thing in this earth. Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. 
There was a man that, that wrote way back in 1988, 88 reasons why the Lord is coming. I baptized in that September because he was, said the Lord was coming in the, in the feast of Rosh Hashanah. He said he was coming in that feast. And so there was a lot of people in September came to me by night, secretly by night, and said, Pastor, would you meet me at the church? I want to be baptized. Everybody thinks I'm doing okay, but I want to be baptized because I really want to be okay. So I baptized people. Man, we had some baptisms at 2 o'clock in the morning. That nobody knew about but my wife and I and my assistant pastor who preached here a couple of Wednesday nights ago, Scott Jones. And we've held it in secret. If you want to know who they are, if you've got a million dollars to help us in the parking lot, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> a lot of them dead and gone by now. But then by the Mayan calendar, the Mayans said that the earth was going to go away and the end of time was going to happen December 21st, 2012. You know, nobody's talking about that anymore. They even made a movie about it. But here's what I want to tell you. The Bible said fear will come upon the world. And hell wants to have a heyday in this. But in Joel, the second chapter, verse 28, the Bible said, In those last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon, are you ready for this? All flesh. All flesh. When you pour out something, you're not just pouring it, you're pouring it out. You can pour coffee or you can pour the coffee out. God Almighty said, I'm going to baptize you with something. I'm going to empty the buckets. I'm going to pour it out on society. I'm going to pour it out on all flesh. And he said, sons, on your daughters, on your handmaids, on your servants, everybody, everybody's going to feel the power of the Spirit in the last days. So what I'm trying to tell you, Austria may be falling and the world may be going down every day. But there is a power that is still alive and still working and still on display in 2014 right now. Now I know that scientists say that there is a time during every day when you can bring a person out of a, a dark place and put him out in the middle of a field and take a blindfold off of him and ask him in the next five seconds, can you tell me if it's morning or afternoon? And they will not know because morning and afternoons have a feeling at particular times that it's the same feeling. It, the morning has a feeling like the afternoon has a feeling. They cross and there are feelings both morning and evening. And so sometimes our feelings will leave us askew and we won't know if we're looking down or looking up. But I know one way how to look up is to get in this book every day and to get on your knees every day and open up your heart every day and say, Lord, I want whatever you have for me because every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light in whom is no variable, it's no shadow of turning. I'm telling you, it's a good thing to know Jesus Christ in your life right now. It's a good thing to know Jesus Christ in your life right now. Amen. Amen. Now let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. Luke 1 says, he calls the Messiah's birth a day spring. Luke chapter 1. He said, it will cast a light on darkness. So Jesus has this man named Nicodemus. Now many, many, many Bible theologians say that this was his uncle. Said that Nicodemus was his blood uncle. But he comes to him and he says to him, 
You're a teacher come from God because you know things that other people do not know. And Jesus just hits him broadside. He says in verse 3, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can this be? I may be reading a little different than up there because I'm reading another translation of what you're reading, but it's all the same, same Bible. Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said, except a man is be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit, big S, is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. And then he repeats, the wind blows where it listeth, and you hear it, but you can't tell whether it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. All right. Years ago, folks, there was a disease that developed in a particular place. It was in Ireland. It was called the hoof and mouth disease. And, 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 and it was a killer of a lot of animals, cattle and horses, and a lot of livestock died. And the people in England uh, tried hard to keep it out of their country. So what they did, they quarantined their animals. They put their animals under wrap. They put, uh, they put all kinds of disinfectants in their corrals. They did their best they could to protect their animals. Yet there was one thing that they couldn't quarantine. They could not stop the wind. The wind kept blowing. And it blew... It infected England, and thousands of animals died as a result. Because Jesus said, the wind blows where it wants to blow. There was a smog in L.A. several years ago. And the mayor said on radio and TV, what this city needs is a wind from elsewhere. The wind came and the smog was gone. The same wind that blew infection blew away smog. Because the wind blows where it wants to blow. Tornadoes blow. There are F1 tornadoes and F to F5 tornadoes. Hurricane winds are category one through category five. They come. In fact, back in the 80s, 1980s, the government created the silver bullet theorem, thinking that an exploding canister in the middle of a hurricane would dissipate the wind. It didn't work. So they quit the silver bullet theorem. You know why? Because Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind is going to blow wherever and whenever it wants to blow. And the boy from West Texas can validate that. It blew. The Holy Ghost was there every day. <laughs> the wind blew every day in West Texas. I find it interesting that Jesus' first comparison of the Holy Ghost was to the wind. Bible has spoken of it as oil and fire and water. In fact, John said, there's one coming after me who's preferred before me. The latchet of whose shoes I can't stoop down and unloose. And when he comes, he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and But Jesus didn't call it fire. His first analogy was wind. Maybe it was because oil loses viscosity. 
Fire will finally burn itself out. And water will be soaked into the ground because the earth is never satisfied. But the wind, it just blows and blows and blows. And religious people hate the wind of the Spirit. Because they can't control it. In fact, in this service right now, there is a God in heaven that said, boy, when you cast your bread on the water like you're casting tonight, get ready. Because when you cast it, it's going to come back to you. So what he's saying is what you preach is what you're going to get. And I'm preaching tonight to tell you that there is a God in heaven that's in control of this church. I'm not in control of this church. You're not in control of this church. The Holy Spirit is in control of this church. Amen. And so religiosity hates the wind of the Spirit because they can't control it because the wind will blow. In Hebrews, the Hebrew word for the Spirit of God is Rosh HaKadosh. The very first page of the Bible, the Bible said the Spirit moved. Everybody say the Spirit moved. In the last page of the Bible, the Spirit and the bride say come. From the first page of the Bible to the last page of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is moving. It's never been excluded except in churches that are trying to talk it out of people's lives today. It is my desire to open up your heart to a point where you understand that I would never try to disengage you from the best that God has for you. Because if the spirit moved on the face of the deep where there was chaos and brought calm and where there was darkness and brought light and at the very end when the spirit and the bride say come, it is the spirit that's in the bride and the bride that has the spirit that's saying come. Because Almighty God wants you to understand the thing that's moving in this world and never has stopped blowing and never has stopped moving and never has stopped running here and there is the Spirit of Almighty God. And God Almighty is in this house right now. And I want you to rejoice in that right now. I want you to rejoice in that right now because God is in His house tonight. Pastor, you're getting on my theology. I'm sorry. I am really sorry because I know I am. I know I am. But you don't like dead church. I need somebody besides Ray to say amen. amen. You don't like dead church. You know why you hang around here? Because there's something alive moving in this house. It's not just a, it's not just a likability factor with the pastor. If I was dead, dull, dry, boring, and everything, every time I got, you came here, I'd put you to sleep, you'd say, God, i got to find something more alive. But see, I'm one of those kind of pastors that understands that you can't get all your fulfillment at a ball game. You can't get all your fulfillment at a political rally. You can't get all your fulfillment at this excitement of family because there's something missing. And that missing spirit is the spirit of God. And God's spirit is striving with people right now. And he's looking down. He said, I'm going to pour something out on you. I'm going to pour it out on all flesh. 
And if you are something to do with all flesh, then you get ready. The Spirit of God wants to be poured down on everybody in this house here tonight and around this world before Jesus Christ comes. I believe that with all my heart. So in Acts chapter 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. There it is. Filled all the house where they were sitting. God will not be controlled. He is in control. I've been in services before. I was raised. I was raised. Lord, I was raised. I was raised in Pentecostalism where if the pastor said it's time for you to jump up and shout, if you didn't do it, you got prayed through that night. You better get your jumping britches on. I think that is so far out. I think that's so man-made because, once again, man's in control. This is a spirit-controlled church. You can drink if you want. None, none's going to compel. You can drink it if you want. You can leave it alone if you want, but I'm going to teach it anyhow. Because God needs me to teach people that might be hungering and thirsting after righteousness so they can be filled tonight. Amen. They can be filled, these, this series. I've been in services when it was just as, can, you, can I use this term, dry as a shuck. And nothing was moving. There was not a leaf blowing. There was not anything moving. And all of a sudden, bam, the spirit hits. People find God. And then just as quick as it got there, it's gone. Where'd that go? Where'd it come from? Where'd it go? I'll tell you what it was. It was the spirit. It was the wind. And it blows where it wants to blow. And when it blows, you can't quarantine it. You might resist it. I saw Geraldo Rivera one time down in Galveston standing in a hurricane doing this, leaning almost 45 degrees. said, it's just real good to be here to report this. You may resist it, but your family's not. You may say no to it, but your kid's not going to say no to it because he don't know how to say no to it. And all of a sudden, you're going to have a Holy Ghost-filled kid in your house. And he's going to say, Daddy, Mama, this is the best thing I ever got a hold of in my life. Because there's some people that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And when you do, you're going to be filled. You hear me? Say amen to that. It's amazing that all of the comparisons of a newborn believer, Jesus chose to compare it to the wind. What the Lord is saying is simple. When you're born of the wind of the Spirit, you ready for this? You're unstoppable. You know why some people can't get over something? They need to be filled with the Spirit. Because when you are filled with the wind of the Spirit, there's nothing that can quarantine you. Nothing that can stop you. Nothing that can hold you back. Nothing can stop you from living a righteous life with Jesus Christ. Nothing can say, no, you're not going to church. I'll get out of my way. I've walked over bigger than you getting to the fight. I'm going to the house of the Lord. There is nothing that can stop a wind-born child of God. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Are you with me? 
See, there's a lot of people that want to know about God. They want to study God. But when God gets close to getting in them, they back off. This is more than just a knowledge of and a knowledge about and learning from the Word of God. This is more than just window shopping in the book of Acts and saying, wow, those people had something. Hey, it's not anything more than what God wants to give everybody in this house here tonight. Don't tell me, don't tell me that God's unfair. Don't tell me he baptized somebody back yonder with something that he don't want to baptize this last generation with. Don't tell me that he's cheating us out of what they got and not letting me have it. I'm telling you, he's not an unfair God. In fact, the Bible said in, 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 in Matthew chapter 20, he gives a penny to the one that came in last, as same as he gave the penny to the one that started in the, in, the, in the vineyard the first day. I'm here to tell you, God Almighty has the same power and the same gift and the same glory, but what's happened is we've been talked out of it, we've kind of watered it down, but the wind is still blowing, and you can't quarantine the wind. I'm questing for it. I'm questing for it. Mm. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. People that are filled with the Holy Spirit control their own destiny. A person born of the Spirit of God cannot be stopped, cannot be stymied, cannot be defeated. Your worship cannot be quieted. Your Bible reading is at your disposal. Your prayer life is yours. Because you are born of the wind. Say amen to that. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So the enemy, the devil, your unsaved loved ones, this world cannot stop you from doing God's work. Let me speak about quidisms tonight. I'm just kind of starting this thing tonight. I'm going to get into it next week real good. But let me talk about quidism. I just made that word up. That's a good word, quidism. Everybody say quidism. Now you got a, now you got a new word that Webster Dictionary don't have, quidism. I want to address that word right now. Too much of that is happening in the world today. Not only in church, but in the world today. People are quitting on marriages. They're quitting on jobs. They're quitting on life. They're quitting on everything. They're just quitting. People are just quitting today. They're just quitting. Well, I've just had enough. I'm just quitting. They give up on their kids. They give up on their education. They give up on their family. They give up on their church. And they give up on God. There's a scripture in Isaiah that I love. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 and 29. I'm going to read some of it here. You're going to see the rest of it on the screen. The Lord faints not. Everybody say, the Lord faints not. Everybody said he's never had a fainting spell. I love that. Neither is he weary. Everybody say, he don't get tired. There's no searching of his understanding. You can't get him. You can't get there where he's at. But he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Everybody say, he doesn't faint. He's not weary. And you can't figure him out. But he gives power when you're faint. He gives strength to you that have no might. Anybody want to serve him? I can't do that to you. I can preach about it, but I can't do that to you. 
So a woman goes to the doctor. She had a cold. The doctor said, you got this from kissing. So she went home and told her husband. He said, I hadn't had a cold in 15 years. <laughs> Who you been kissing? I'd like to pose that question tonight to all of you who want to quit. Who you been kissing? Because if you've been kissing God, you didn't get that idea of quitting from him. If you've let his spirit flow in your life, there's no quit in your Savior. Come on now. But instead of quitting, he gives power to the faint. Oh, hallelujah. He gives strength to those that have no strength. Somebody say, I want to embrace the Lord here tonight. I want to embrace the Lord here tonight. I want the power of the Spirit in my life. Pastor, I'm hungering for more of the presence of God in my life. I'm tired of feeling quitism in my life. I'm sick of it. Say amen to that. There's a man down here between Blanco and Johnson City on Highway 281. Way back in 1996, he made the paper. I preached about him several times in this church. His name was Valentin Grimaldi. He was headed to Johnson City, and he saw a movement in the grass, and it was a coral snake. He didn't realize it. He reached down to, to move it, and the coral snake bit him on the hand. It was red and yellow. Kill a fellow. And so when he bit him on the hand, made made Valentin Grimaldi mad. So he took that snake and bit his head off. <laughs> Good story. I like this kind of tough Christian. And he wasn't even a Christian, but I like this kind of toughness. And he took that snake and made a tourniquet on his arm. And then he cut that little place where that coral snake had bit him. Sucked a little of that poison out and spit it and went on down to Johnson City. Walking. When he got there, his arm was swollen up. He's still alive, a little dizzy. But he went to a medical place and they said, what's happened? He said, oh, snake bit me. Where, where was it? Oh, it's about five miles out of town here. How'd you get here? Oh, I walked. <laughs> I love those kind of people. <laughs> Did you know what bit you? Well, it was a red and yellow snake. There it is right here, <laughs> sir. That's a coral snake. You're supposed to be dead by now. He said, yeah, I know that. I know that. But see, I bit his head off and used him for a tourniquet. Then I cut myself and sucked out the poison. I just thought it. I'm going to the city, and I'm not going to let nobody stop me from going to the city. I had people I want to see here. Now, here's what I want to say. When, when you leave this church tonight, there's going to be an enemy that's going to come against you and say, you know what? You know what? You've been, you've been told falsities. You've been told something that is above and beyond what you could ever imagine receiving in your life. But I'm telling you, what you need to do is bite the head of that thing off, spit it out, put a tourniquet around your arm, and say, I'm looking for a city that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God, and I'm going to make it to the city. I'm going to the city. There's no quit in me. There's no stopping in me. Because I've been born of the wind, and it goes where it wants to go. And lives for God because it wants to live for God. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost is the most powerful thing you ever get a hold of in your life. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I refuse to let Satan stop me from the city. 
Acts 1 and 8 say, you shall receive power. Say it, you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive authority. You shall receive dynamite. You shall receive power. There are five Greek words for that word right there, power. And two of them's in that word, dunamis and authority. You shall receive power. You shall receive power. You shall receive dynamite power and authoritative power. You are bigger and greater than anything that hell could throw against you when the Spirit comes upon you. And so I've introduced it tonight, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to hush. But next week, we're going to go into Old Testament survey. We're going to go into some Old Testament philosophy. We're going to come from Adam and Eve. We're going to come from the creation. We're going to go to the Tower of Babel. We're going to come to Pentecost. We're going to go to Acts chapter 19. We're going to discuss the Holy Spirit next week. And I want you to be here, and I want your ears to be perked, because I'm not going to teach anything that's not in this Bible. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm not going to just give you one scripture. I'm going to give you many scriptures that God Almighty wants you to be endued with power from on high. Kind of reminds me of the story. Kind of reminds me of the story of the, of the pastor that, that went to a, a Hallmark card one day, and his old daddy was a simple man. And, and so he found a, a Dad's Day card for him, and, 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 he, and he looked at it, and he said, this is the perfect Dad's Day card. What it was, it was two boats anchored to, a, to, a, to, a, to, a, to the shore, and one boat was a sailboat, and the other was a rowboat. And so he wondered if his father had to make a choice, which, which boat would he take to go across the water? And so he writes in the card, Dear Dad, here's a question. In your simple style of living and with your ability to decide things that make the most sense, which boat would you choose? And several weeks later, he received a response from his father. He said, I noticed the rowboat had no engine, but that the sailboat had a sail. My question before making a decision, is there any wind? Here's what I want to tell you. Hoist your sails for the next few Wednesday nights. Nobody is going to try to embarrass you. I'm just going to talk about the great thing called the baptism of the Spirit. And we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost and fire, the Holy Ghost and oil, the Holy Ghost and water, the Holy Ghost and wind. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost from every angle because I'm telling you, if you, are, if you, if you, embrace, if you embrace Father, Son, Holy Ghost mentality, I'm tired of the Holy Spirit being the quiet partner. I'm tired of that. If you embrace the fact that Jesus Christ sent back his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he said, I'm going to give you a comforter, I'm tired of us not receiving what he sent back to us. It's time, it's time, it's time, it is time for people to arise and say, if the Holy Spirit is alive today, if it's a part of my life today, I want everything that God has for me in this hour and for my life. Would you clap your hands and rejoice to that right now? I was raised in West Texas, a lot of windmills out there. Randy, help me out. A lot of windmills in West Texas. And then when you go to, you go to Odessa today on, on the road out by Lano and that way, you'll see, you, you've seen them windmills out there? Yeah. Big old windmill. Good night. They're windmills as far as you can see. But I saw some in Silicon Valley several years ago in California, and, and it, it hit me. A little word hit me. And I said, boy, the wind must be blowing. Isn't that amazing? Every one of them windmills were turning. Yeah. 
And I know they have a motor that if the wind isn't blowing, they can still blow. But we got out of our car and we noticed the wind was howling through that valley. And you go to West Texas, that's all the wind does is blow. And my question tonight for you to answer before next week, how many windmills do you have to see before you believe the wind's blowing? The Holy Spirit is falling everywhere. People in churches that preach against it are receiving the Holy Spirit. Churches that have priests <laughs> are receiving the Holy Spirit. Jewish people are receiving the Holy Spirit. Messianic Jews are receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's falling. How many windmills do you have to see before you believe the wind is blowing in America today? You know what, folks? The thing that's going to move the atmosphere and change the topography of the land is the wind blowing. I was raised in West Texas, and we have a lot of sand hills and sand dunes out there. And a good old wind storm would come. And the whole topography of the land would be changed. The little, the little bump we used to jump on was about 20 yards from the fence. It had been moved to about 30 yards from the fence because the wind just blew it and changed the topography. It's an amazing thing how the wind of God, whether it's natural or whether it's spiritual, can change the whole topography of your life. It can change everything about where you walk and where you are and who you are. It can make a mountain a level place. Hallelujah. It can make a valley a level place. I'm telling you, when the wind blows, things start happening great in your life. And I'm preaching to you the next three weeks on the fact that we are going to quest for that wind. We're going to believe God for that wind. Would you clap your hands all over the house right now? Amen. 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 And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.